Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast. Show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro. James Taylor, host mom. And the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey, exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Interchange there, whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or meteor shit, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Coming soon. Jolting Tales of Horror. Show from the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo, and the creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. You'll scream at ghastly ghouls, cringe at weird kids, and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Verrill. Creepshow will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep show. So and un- yes, there will be spoilers. So unenthusiastic. Creep show. Creep show. Creep show. Creep Fucking show. creep show, gang! It's Halloween! Creep show fam, I think is what you meant to creep say. Creep show fam! Meteor shit! Meteor lit. <sighs> I'm good on energy right now. First opinions on creep show. Uh, I would... Let's go with a weird order this time and end on Skylar, but start with Ben. Ooh, okay. Uh, so my opinion on this is, uh, I feel like this movie shows its age in a lot of ways. Ha! Um, and that's not a good thing. And so, there's parts of it that are hard to watch, not because it's creepy and disturbing, but just because they're like, oh, (laughs) this, like, looks bad and sounds bad. I want my cake. <laughs> just just because it's old, yep. you know? Um, Medelia. Like, Medelia. It, it's like, it's a it's a fun anthology of some some creepy, air quotes around creepy. Air quotes around creepy. Um, there, there are a couple moments that I was like, this is genuinely disturbing. Mm. Um, but, but in general, I was like, eh. The thoughts are more scary than what actually happens. Right, yeah, like. The ideas. Yeah. The, like the the cockroaches at the end though Oof. that was gross that was gross that was creepy <laughs> yep. that was great that was probably my favorite that's a high point the, and the the crate the crate was that was my favorite scary. segment yeah the crate was by far the shining like actual one because not only was it just like a horror tale but it was a horror tale mixed in with like the deep horror of humanity yeah 
like the the whole cake one in the beginning is just this monster killing people one by one, and it's really not that scary because he's not that intimidating of a monster. Yeah. Uh, and then meteor shit was just goofy as fuck. Uh, the the lone, lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Press then, F to pay respects. Yeah. Press yeah. And then um, a, something to tide you over. Ended that one that one got to me because I have a fear of drowning. Yeah, the idea is scary, but really what happened wasn't like the way they showed it. it yeah, wasn't like, all that scary. like the idea of watching the tide come in and then drowning to death while you're watching someone else on TV drown to death. Yeah. Like that scares the piss out of me. But then when I was watching it, I was like, I was like, huh, yeah. this is not like if you told me this is what this was going to be about, I'd be like, I'm not watching it. Yeah, for but, real. But I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, huh, this is stupid yeah if they built that up really slowly i think that would have been absolutely terrifying because it's more about the weight than anything else in that kind of death and then the actual creepy one the crate and then uh the bugs one i forget what that one was called i forget too but it was gross they're creeping up on you the creeping up on you thank you skylar uh i it's just a delicious mixture of uh admirably creepy and goofy as fuck i i i liked the, I liked Creep Show. I think it was. It's definitely a good taste for your Halloween uh, mixtures. I had a couple of good takeaways. Number number three, Ed Harris is really freaking good at lighting a match. Number two, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen shouldn't be doing anything but comedy acting. <laughs> Same with Ted Danson. I guess he wasn't that bad, but it was fun to see Sam Malone like die <laughs> and come back. And then number one, fucking meteor shit. God damn. <laughs> what the fucking fuck? Meteor shit. Stephen King is the greatest actor of our time. That was my number <laughs> one takeaway. Popcorn Skyler. Yeah. Oh man. I forgot how much I actually admire this movie. Um about ten years ago it was on T V circulation and I'd watch it pretty frequently. Revisiting it now, it's held up in a lot of good ways for me at least um i i like the old ec comics that this is based on i like the tales from the crypt tv series that came after it i think this is a good mix between them father's day was actually better than i remember for me at least okay. uh, something to tidy over went a little too long to be effective i thought crate was really good because just watching Hal Holbrook tr- imagine killing his wife was as horrifying as the um, creature. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, they're creeping up on you as the most effective payoff of the whole thing. Oh. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I know, I know, Scour, you are particularly biased because like horror anthologies are in like your top three favorite types of films. <laughs> I love them. You you so love good. horror anthologies. They're so good. <laughs> Every yeah, when I was at your place for Halloween like a couple years ago, that was the only thing you would put on. <laughs> Trick or treat. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whatever other ones there are out there. Oh, money. What else do you need? Money. We That's need, what I need. We need money. Money, money, money. Eight million money. Oh. What year did this come out? By the way, nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. After Halloween, actually. Eight? Oh, wow. What? An after Halloween film? Mid-November, which seems just strange. Yeah. This is, if this was mid-October, yeah. imagine how much more money they would have made. So, yeah. So, speaking of Tales from a Crypt, 
uh, production budget of $8 million. This was at a time when they weren't necessarily targeting overseas markets either. So all the numbers we have are really just from the U.S., which means that it brought in $21 million here and basically $21 million, period. Uh, which, you know, when adjusted for inflation, that seems to be a pretty good poll. Well, I mean, you just do the ratio balance on that, right? You invested $8 million, you got out almost three times your input. So, yeah, that's, and I mean, the higher the number, the better that's going to look. <laughs> but in this scenario, it's still not that bad. No, not at all. It um, actually beat Rambo First Blood for first place at the box office on its opening weekend. And it was Warner Brothers' highest grossing horror hit for uh, 1982. So, Oh, well, that's like a clock. lot of justifications. How many horror <laughs> hits come out in a given year, Skyler? Well, if you go back to 1982. Oh, shit. And I know just offhand, The Thing was a huge one. Actually, it wasn't as big because it got compared to E.T. Um, what else came out in 82? And there's some Friday the 13th sequel, I'm sure. A Halloween movie somewhere along the line? I think was that was later. an off year. Uh. No, Halloween started in like 78. Sequel came out in 80 or 81. Oh, God, was it Season of the Witch? Season of the Witch came out, I think, the year after this. Oh. You ever seen Season of the Witch, Halloween 3? I've not. Trash shit. Eight more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. It's fucking trash. It is It is not. It sounds really good. Yeah. There's what? that song by Donovan, Season of the Witch. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm familiar. It's, it's like probably you, a little better than the movie. You had to reiterate that. Uh, money stats, up and done. Comic book. Yeah. Oh, I've got a yarn to spill for you, gang. EC Comics has a beautiful place in comic book history, and to do so in giving it its full justice, which I won't even be able to do, I'll give you a snippet of what this what this comic book did to the industry. I'm going to take you back to about the 1920s, all right? Max Gaines, publishing wizard, famous for pioneering the four-color saddle-stitch newsprint that was the precursor Funnies on Parade for the standard comic book. Funnies on Parade is considered by most to be the first standard comic book like that you could hold in your hand. And it was literally just newspaper funnies refolded and repurposed and stitched so that it just included newspaper funnies, but in a book pamphlet form. That sold like crazy. All right, and then not too long after, we started to see actual like superhero comics, like Superman in 1938. But he held, he helped found the company All American Comics, which is famous for uh, having first published the characters Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. There's a funny story about the origin of Wonder Woman as well in relation to Max Gaines. There are many recollections of that Max was openly abusive and berating to his son Billy. Uh, Billy, his son is William, but he's known as Billy. And the greatest thing about that is, like, I think there are like three characters in Creepshow named Billy. <laughs> There's at least two. Oh, Billy! Billy was the uh, the little kid in the prologue and the ending, and Billy was also, of course, the chick that died. Call me Billy. Everyone else does. Oh, Billy! Oh, Billy! Okay. Uh, so when he needed to babysit. Billy at the office, 
he was seen as openly abusive and there's one recorded incident when he actually kicked Billy aggressively in the hind rear in full view of all of his employees. So there's a few tales there. Uh, he he founded Educate... I'll, I'll round back to why that's important. He founded Education Comics in 1944. That's what EC originally stood for, uh, whose flagship title was, get this, Pictures from the Bible. Comic books depicting famous Bible tales. Huh. The irony is yes. so strong. So in 1947, three years after the founding, uh, Max Gaines dies in a boating accident. And his son, after finishing a four-year stint with the Army Air Corps, inherits his father's publishing company. Naturally, one would assume, he wanted nothing to do with it. Didn't know anything about comics. His mother wanted him to try it, though, because, you know, it's all your father had left to give you. So please, like, give give it a try, even if you accidentally run it into the ground. Um, And one of the editors supplied Billy with a list of um with a list of guidelines that his father followed including like don't print anything gory don't swear words really really just the 10 commandments uh no murder no stealing honoring parents all that kind of thing don't covet your neighbor's ox wife yes or her ass or her <laughs> octopus you could say... Excuse me? <laughs> octopus. I thought you were going to say... I honestly thought you were going to say octopus, too. I don't know why. It's one of those <laughs> nights. It, not for me. Mm-hmm. So Billy threw all of that out the window <laughs> and transformed education comics into entertaining comics. I'm sorry, enter, <clears throat> entertainment comics. He wanted to do the exact opposite of the list that his dad had made, and he ordered the publishing of the most horrific, gory, adult-themed comics his writers and illustrators could produce. Their most popular titles were shock and suspense stories, and a lot of themes were pretty reoccurring, such as Poetic Justice with a Gruesome Twist, which I believe we saw like three times in Creepshow. Oh, at least. Yeah. Uh, Gory adaptations of fairy tales. Not exactly in Creepshow. Ray Bradbury's short story adaptations. We saw Stephen King short story adaptations, but no Braid Bradbury ones. And even the occasional political commentary. The uh, titles, if you're wondering, uh, you might recognize a few. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, The Haunt of Fear, and something else I can't see. Yeah. Yes. There are many. EC had many famous flagship titles that, I guess, are, are pretty, pretty well known in the horror community. But this is when life takes a turn. It opened him up to backlash. When 1954's Seduction of the Innocent was published by Frederick Wertheim, it was a bit of a media sensation. And it claimed that comic books are directly correlated to juvenile delinquency and sexual promiscuity. 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 Uh, as well as, like, it'll make... It basically, every vile thing you could imagine for the future of your children um, in the 1950s. So, like, they were saying these comic books would make you gay. Or communist. Yes. Or it's Democrat. Or black. Or bla- <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, oh. good joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> In the 1950s, people. Yeah. Sales plummeted, and comics went through an iconoclasm with mothers burning their children's comic book collections. Comic book producers were considered as bad as pedophiles. It went so far as to bring publishing companies to Senate trial. And who spoke at that trial and was really bad at it? Senator McCarthy. Billy Gaines. Correct answer. Billy Gaines. Billy Gaines. William Gaines. So, because, I mean, comics had justificated roots. You could have really leaned on Superman, but instead they attacked the hell out of EC Comics. And who is the face of EC Comics but Billy Gaines? And he's not the greatest public speaker. (laughs) So he did not put up a good, strong face. And therefore, uh, in order to avoid judicial restriction of comics, as in, like, they would have literally made them illegal and put a bunch of people out of work, publishers banded together and informed Congress that they would indeed police themselves with the creation of the Comics Code Authority, a list of rigorous rules that if any of which were broken, they would not get the CCA stamp. Therefore, distributors wouldn't carry those books. You literally could not sell a book that didn't have a CCA stamp. I think the other main thing you said, they didn't really go after Superman so much as E.T. There was a lot of the going after Batman and Robin for their supposed <laughs> relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Superman TV show, which was airing about that time, uh, there was a famous incident about a Wheaties commercial. Uh, George Reeves and, oh my gosh, Phyllis Coates, I believe, played Lois Lane. They were not allowed to be seen eating Wheaties breakfast together in the scene. That's uh, right. Because I remember now that you say that. Because it implemented that Lois had stayed the night and was eating breakfast with Clark, and therefore they had sex. But you know who was eating Wheaties with him? Superman's mm. best pal, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> so, Jimmy. Jimmy and Jimmy, Jimmy and Clark. Breakfast. Exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy was there for breakfast. It wasn't breakfast. just Wheaties he was eating. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I assume he poured milk on it. Oh! <laughs> Shit. Maybe, maybe, maybe... Prepared a couple slices of toast with jam. <laughs> He's a big fan of bacon. Scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. It's scrambled maybe, salmon's uh, eggs. Uh, maybe, he, uh, <laughs> maybe he uh, burst into cockroaches. Greek yogurt. Uh. <laughs> a parfait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, some sample rules that the Comics Code Authority Bangers had. and mash. All right, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Vampires, werewolves, mummies, zombies were a no-go. Hence the famous character Spider-Man villain Morbius is not actually a vampire. He doesn't suck blood. He sucks plasma. This was to avoid the CCA stamp, saying you couldn't have vampires. Another rule, I mean, besides like the obvious stuff, no swearing, no sex, no nudity, uh, no drugs, no, no use of law enforcement in a negative light, there was even one instance where a story was rejected because a black astronaut had beads of sweat drawn on him, and that was considered racist. Um, there's a whole part to that story where the story was originally rejected because the astronaut was black, and then and that was racist. Yeah, something. Basically, it was a big fight between Gaines and some 
judge from the uh, the trial. Every time, judge Murphy, who was judge Murphy, uh, he was. I don't believe he was a judge because the judge the the senators walked right out. Is Murphy? I believe was a uh, one of the publishers involved in the CCA. And he was one okay. of like on the committee that would approve things for the CCA stamp, and he was gunning for Gaines because Gaines kind of ruined the comic book industry for twenty years. <laughs> because, <laughs> you don't say. because after that we got the Silver Age. That's when you started seeing nothing but goofy, campy superheroes, super friends, campy Batman, nineteen sixties gang, because of the Comics Code Authority, because of EC Comics. To a point. Uh, well, apparently uh, Murphy had re- objected to the astronaut being black. Uh, the whole story is about a uh, human astronaut visits some planet where they're having race wars, essentially. Yeah. And then... It's loaded with irony. Astronaut decides that due to the bigotry, the whole Galactic Republic he represents shouldn't admit the planet, and then removes helmet... Black man, the irony, and there was a lot of back and forth about it. I remember reading that it was considered improper to give black people the aspiration they could be astronauts when they couldn't in the 1950s. Uh, and oh. then the, the beads were justified of sweat because it too much reiterated how black people looked like when picking cotton in fields. Oh. <laughs> These are, yeah... I believe I think that was Neil Adams. No, someone, someone else, someone older was retelling this story. Uh, it might have been Neil Adams. He's kind of a, a comics history nut. Oh, that's all I got for comics, gang. Because EC Comics is great, and because of it, we got Creep Show, and that's why like this is sort of cult status because it's very taboo. It was almost like it wasn't technically illegal, but society had deemed it completely. It Not tab- allowed. It was taboo. It was taboo. Taboo. All right, let's get music. Music. Um, Best part of this movie. I would agree. Uh, music for Creek Show is done by a composer named John Harrison. No, not the fake name that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uses in the Star Trek sequel. Rather, a composer who works a lot with director George Romero. He's done, I think, Day of the Dead. I think he also did Diary of the Dead, but... Uh, and then he also will do some directing things here and there, including an adaption of Dune. Not the movie one, but a TV adaption of it. This is the first time I've heard of him. And his music for the movie is uniquely 80s, mm. but also very on its front, campy, creepy kind of sound that you would uh, expect with this type of pretty on-the-nose kind of film. Let's take a listen to the first track of the night. Welcome to Creep Show.
What are they saying? What are they saying? Yeah, aren't they saying words there? Or is he just like making guttural sounds? I just heard the laughy laughs. Um, maybe with the speakers you guys are using, you can hear more of it. But uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Didn't you hear them speaking? There, there were. <clears throat> excuse me. There were voices for yeah. sure. It was like Like that's all I heard was syllables. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's up first is that creepy piano synth stuff of the '80s makes for really good horror movies music and uh what's up next is the music from father's day <laughs> skyward's favorite <laughs> <laughs> you're all a bunch of dirty vulture trying to get your hands on my money i want my cake bedelia i <laughs> want my bernie cake. sanders is really good in that role <laughs> <laughs> bedelia you bitch <laughs> That is, yeah, that's before he's like a Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Before he ran for president, he was an actor Mm -hmm. known for really (laughs) shitty movies. Oh! Oh, Are you saying saying Reagan was a better president than actor? (laughs) I don't know how to answer that. That's that's actually a good question. Hmm, How do I feel? As a Democrat, do I want to say anything good about Reagan? Mm. No, you don't. Mm. We're quite liberal. He was. So. He was. He he arranged an illegal arms deal quite effectively. And, uh, I guess. Yeah. I say I'll take. I give him props for that. He he li- actually named a government project Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Let's get to this Father's Day song. How about that? Let's do that. <laughs> Famous scene from that clip when Ed Harris is currently waiting for the gravestone to fall on him for 10 minutes. (laughs) Move out of the way. At some point, he has to realize something bad is going to happen. You can't light a match out of this scenario. (laughs) You just light the tombstone. Yeah. (laughs) I want my cake. He he got his cake. I do want cake though. Yeah, for real. Cake sounds great. You know, you know what cake would be good for? I think it would just be really good to tide me over till tomorrow. Cake, cake is good. You do not get to blow past that fucking great segue. Oh, that's right. Oh god damn! Oh, I get it. Okay, oh! cake is really good for their 1996 album Fashion Nugget. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. And she's all alone. In her time, in her time of need. And he's racing. He's racing. He's turning. Plotting a course. Plotting a course. I don't. I he's driving and driving, driving and riding his horse. horse. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's tur- pulling the corners. He's. He's going for distance. Yeah. Uh, Skyler, you were saying. 
I, oh, I'm I sorry, had, that was beautiful. I had a slice of pie earlier today. It was something nice to tide me over before we yeah. led into this next All song. Right, fine, fucking take it, I guess. <laughs> All right, before this gets any more contentious, something to tide you over. I can hold my breath for a long, long time. time. A long time, Ted Danson. A long time. Long time. Come with us to the beach. Oh, my God. Me. It would have been great if they ended that bit with the Cheers theme song. <laughs> the Cheers outro. Yes. Like that cheesy 80s like, freeze frame thing. Yes. I would have loved that so much. Oh, boy. So good. Don't when I saw go. Leslie Nielsen was in this, I was like, "Oh, it's a, it's a horror comedy. Like they'll be lampooning the conventions of like late seventies horror movies." And then no, he just wasn't funny. No, no. Let's bring it back to music for just a hot second. Um, Stranger Things, anyone really emulating the shit out of the original stuff that was coming out in the eighties of similar ilk? Yep. Oh yeah, and that's one of the reasons that that show is great because the music is banging. Quite banging. Quite banging. Side note, Leslie Nielsen started his career as an actor in cheesy, old, serious uh, sci-fi movies. It wasn't until later that he did comedy. But he's known for being amazing at comedy. He is, though. He really is. He really is. Okay. Uh, Do you have more music to talk about? Would you like to (sighs) discuss more about John Harrison? Um, I don't, I don't know much more about him, but I know that this music is really awesome and something I like to listen to around this time of the year. This is, yeah, this is definitely like what you will play outside of your house for trick-or-treaters. This is the, that kind of music. This is Halloween. This I wonder if Danny Halloween. Elfman listened to this when he was composing the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. Yeah, I bet he was. Given bad. that it sounds nothing like it. Yeah, I yeah. 100% believe that this was nothing but influenced. Well, he was like, oh, this is stuff that I might do but might not. <laughs> That's I mean, I'm not saying he took any ideas from it. I'm just saying like maybe he listened to it at least once in his life. Probably. I don't know Danny Elfman's freaking work mm-hmm. ethic. I don't know what he does. Hmm. Yeah, huh, it's your freaking... He does Oingo Boingo, that's what he does. Oh, that's true. I do I do the science section. I don't Oingo Boingo. I just talk about science. Yeah, it's time for you to know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, I do know what the hell I'm doing. I got three whole topics for you tonight. Oh, let's get them right quick. All right, so we'll do we'll do the fast one first. Yeah, I don't... You haven't written them down, so I'm just... I'm, this is a you're, surprise. You're, you're taking a lead. I'm surprise. in control. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain now. Um. Well, lighting a match. Lighting a match. A lot of spectacular match lighting in this movie. Hot damn, Ed Harris. And Could Ed you Harris, look more cool? Ed Harris just like snaps his fingers and there it is. Literally, yeah. Like, isn't that the first one? 
is the first one literally not just him lighting it off his hand? Yeah, I think so. And then yeah. after that, it's like a window or like a like an outside banister. Mm-hmm. He just goes. He goes out and like reaches way up and lights it off the wall. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> you can already do it on your hand. What else do you need? Yeah. So matches. The head of the match is a chemical called red phosphorus. If you give it just a little bit, well, kind of a lot of friction and heat, it'll turn into white phosphorus, which ignites on contact with air. So, and you absolutely can light a match on your fingernail or on something other than a matchbook. It's hard, but... You have to create a lot of friction. You just have to get enough friction so that it kind of turns to white phosphorus and powderizes a little bit, and then it'll react with the air and light like a normal match. I can barely do it on a matchbook. Yeah, it's hard, but it it can be done. So I think that's why Ed Harris has a successful acting career. Yeah. Because he literally walked into an acting audition one time and just lit a match off his hand mm-hmm. and then didn't do anything, and they're like, fucking hire this guy right well, now. Well, we got we to get that. Yeah, we, we need gotta get that. that shit. I got to... I got some fun facts about cockroaches. Ooh. I don't know if you care. Um, can they, can they, do they travel in hordes? Uh, they are highly social creatures. Oh, okay. Actually, they care for the young and whatnot. Uh-huh. Yeah, they live in, live in, live in clusters. Um, they can hold their breath for up to 40 minutes. Oh, a long time. Yeah, they would, they would, nah, that's something to tide you over. Now, will they... How fast do they breed? Like, are you, could you get a serious cockroach infestation really quickly? Oh, gosh. That is not one of the... It's not on my list of fun facts. I know. You're more of a math and physics guy, so, like, biology and ecosystems aren't really your run-of-the-mill. Cockroaches. How fast do they breed? I don't know. Okay. We'll just let that be we'll, a question. We'll let that... You can guys can... Yeah, anyone who's listening to this, you can... That's something for you to find out mm-hmm. if you're if you're curious. Uh, but we want the big topic. I mean, we kind of the match is a good one. The cockroach is great, but yeah. I know the big topic. You know the big po- big topic. The big topic is the the meteor shit. Meteor shit, dude. Meteor, meteor shit. shit. We're gonna talk meteor shit. So and this is in your wheelhouse a bit too. It's a bit. I almost got. I almost went for a PhD in astrophysics. Mm. Um, but then I couldn't find anyone to write a letter of recommendation for me. They were oh. all like, no. Oh, and I was like, wow. oh well, okay. I'll just find a I'll just find a program that doesn't require letters of recommendation. Then oh shit! And here I am, um, in grad school. Hey Ben. Yeah. I would have written you a letter of recommendation. Oh, not at the time. <laughs> nah, I still would have. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh. I appreciate that. So the meteor shit. Yes. Plot of that. Meteor yep. lands, <laughs> and then brings like a bacteria or a fungus or something yeah it looks like a uh, you're right that's exactly how yeah. i like describe moth. it yeah like a moth yeah so um this is something that actually may happen there's what? a there's a name for this uh it's called the panspermia hypothesis i can give you a panspermia I hypothesis don't, i don't want you to <laughs> give me a Anything. So pan means widespread. Pan meaning all, yes, or and, widespread. And widespread, and sperm being sperm. Sperm meaning so seed. Why? Yeah, widespread seed. So the, the 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 this is one of the theories of how life came to be on Earth, um, and it's the idea that 
the ingredients for life and actually life itself exists all over the universe and it is distributed kind of like it's it's essentially the theory that life started on earth because it was brought here by an asteroid comet Mm -hmm. or like just some like space dust carried some bacterium it's one of the like main theories of how um life on earth exists and actually um, what's more is there are organisms that can survive the cold vacuum of space. Yeah, terrigans. Oh yeah, the little the little water bears. Triagons. Tetragons. I don't know what they're called. I can't pronounce their actual name. I call them water bears because they look like cute little bears with their little paws. They're so they're so not that though. They're not cute, but they're like a little cute. So. Yeah, so the idea is that you get one of these extremophiles, they're called, mm-hmm. and launch it up into space, and it'll land on another planet eventually. Damn! And there you go, life on that new planet. So um, whenever like they launch a, a thing that goes to Mars, at, or, uh, or like when a satellite comes back to Earth, they... like make sure that they sterilize the hell out of it. Yeah. So that they don't accidentally like create an Andromeda strain. It, the plot of the Andromeda strain. Like this these are real concerns that rocket scientists have like you could poison the whole world cuz nobody has an immunity to a certain outer space. Disease. Right, like if if we send a probe to Mars and it sends it back and there's like happens to be Martian bacteria on it. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the, we got the Martian bacteria. Bubonic our... plague. What if it's highly contagious? Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's the panspermia hypothesis. And so, yeah. actually, look out for meteor shit, gang. So, it's actually dangerous. So watch out for the meteor shit. I mean, when meteors land, they get really hot. Mm. Going through Earth's atmosphere, they heat up, and generally, it's hot enough to burn away rock. So it's probably going to kill anything living on the surface of it. Yeah. But, but inside. But just be safe. Mm-hmm. Be just safe. be safe. Wear a condom when you go meteor hunting, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Okay. And a gas mask. And gloves. Uh, and damn. gloves and just like a full... Hazmat suit. Like, like a full Stranger Things style, like, bio mm-hmm. hazard suit. Okay. Yeah. Science wrapped up. I know Scholar wants to take the mic back because he's got this giant list of fa- fun facts he keeps bringing up. Look at yeah, this. Just, You're such a big started, fan of Creep Show. It just started with one, and then, you know, like the meteor shit, it just kind of spread. Um, so I got a few fun facts on this movie. Uh, it's currently number 99 on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments, mainly for the uh, <laughs> uh, payoff in their creeping up on you, which, accurate. Yeah. That's that's a moment that I actually almost had to look away. I was like, oh, mm. It's pretty fucking gross. I was I was so fine with the rest of this movie, and then that happened. Now, oh. I, and I I like knew what was gonna happen, and I watched it anyway. Yeah, because you're like, <laughs> the idea. Like, oh, oh no! Oh, oh man! Uh, the movie also has two sequels. Two is okay. It has three stories instead of five. Uh, the best, in my opinion, being uh, an adaptation of Stephen King's short story, The Raft where just a bunch of people go out to a raft and there's like a big oil slick monster out there that just melts them. Yep. It's pretty gross. 
Um, and three is just this garbage straight to video movie that, you know, who cares? Okay. Uh, Stephen King's son plays the little kid, Billy, and the voice of Catwoman from Batman, the animated series is annoying Billy. Wait, voice of Catwoman, the animated series. What actress is that? Adrian Barbeau. I thought that looked familiar. Oh, I was, okay. I was just like, nah, dude, you're thinking of Adrian, uh, Palicki. You know, uh, like, uh, what's she, Mockingbird on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, but right. I was like, it kind of looked familiar. Oh, wow. And and now we know. She's such a... half the battle. Yeah. G.I. Joe. She's such a better actress as Catwoman than she ever was as Billy. <laughs> she's, um, she's got a little interesting thing going on as Billy. Oh, man. And finally, uh, Meteor takes place in Maine and alludes to a few of Stephen King's regular settings at the very end after, you know, Jordy kills himself. And there's the radio report saying that rain is in the forecast. It shows the uh, sign, and it has signposts for, like, Castle Rock and Gary and all that stuff. And those are the settings for a lot of Stephen King's most popular novels. Oh, like The Stand? Is that segment actually called Meteor Shit? No, okay. it's called no, The it's, Lonesome it's, Death of Jordy Verrill. Oh, that's way lamer. Yeah, and it's based on a short story by Stephen King called Weeds. Hmm. Not to be confused not with the, the HBO series. No, not that. Oh, Close, but man. no cigar. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling kind of creep-showed out. I mean, I guess you could definitely dream up some fantastic drinking games for this. But mostly it's going to be drink every time you almost roll your eyes at a moment or something. <laughs> or you actually do roll your eyes. Or you find yourself laughing out loud because someone just gave another person a weird look for no damn reason. <laughs> Some of the just um, out, like, over-bombastic overacting. There's a lot of oh. ham. Ooh, make a pile of hand sandwiches. Eat a ham sandwich every time someone's a little too hammy. Drink hams. Oh shit, that's way better. <laughs> there you go. Hams is a nice. Hams is a variety of beer. Generally regarded as its best quality is that it's cheap. Yep. For those of our listeners who may not know. Its second best quality <laughs> is that it is It a, doesn't it's, taste it's, as cheap as it looks. It doesn't ta- it's not as bad as Boxer. I have no idea what that is. Boxer is considered the worst of the worst of shit beers mm. we're talking they would how, how they would make boxer all right true story they would open up a can like they would actually pressure seal the can they would open it up uh and all boxers were made on all boxer plants were made on sewage plants and they would just dip the cans into the sewage water and then close it <laughs> no <laughs> i'm seeing how long i could get before ben would like look up and go what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that that's what a lie <laughs> oh, no i think the bit no, went no, on for no. for a while though surprisingly no wilhelm screams all genuine oh yeah you would think that there'd be plenty of them in a movie like mm. this yeah they didn't yeah they didn't shirk on those genuine actor screams and then the only other one I have is take a drink if you've already been indoctrined before this movie that you've heard of cake being referred to as an underaged interest of yours. Excuse what? me? 
Apparently, in some high schools, cake is meant to refer to like uh, no. What's the, word? what's the word I'm thinking of? You're not. I'm it. Yeah. You're, what? It's a thing. No. Someone be a little bit more clear for me, and for those of less, <laughs> I'll own up to the fact I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I think he's saying cake is the new shoddy. <laughs> like a booty call? The new statu- statutory shoddy. Oh, shit. Oh, god damn it, Skylar. At least that's... Oh. I gotta, and... I gotta switch my major to elementary education because I can't deal with teenagers anymore. <laughs> they scare the oh, shit out no. of me. Yeah? They don't... Were you in my classroom on Wednesday? <laughs> teenagers scare the living shit out of me. Then as long as someone will bleed, so tight. Teenage wasteland. No, I'm teenagers by My Chemical Romance. I, I know the song. It's I'm forgetting half the lyrics, and I'm remembering the other half. Anyway, that looks anyway, like we- it'll wrap it up today, yeah, super fans. Thank you. Okay, I needed that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not at full Michael capacity tonight. I'll, uh, I'll, it's okay. That looks like it'll wrap it up for day, today, super fans. Super movie. Studies is recorded and produced by Trap Cop Productions. If you like what you hear, talk about us on iTunes. Hell yeah. iTunes, Super Movie Studies. You can also search Superhero Movie Club because apparently our old tags still work in that regard. New episodes weekly. We are wrapping up, of course, our spooktacular with this release of uh, creep show on halloween we'll go back into your normally scheduled programming and i do believe uh next week we'll be doing punisher with a bubba weed yay yay uh so like i said every monday new episodes rate us subscribe love us And that's my turn to talk about the Twitter feed. Uh, Twitter Tom is always keeping things awesome there at Super M Studies. Uh, that's probably the best place to get into a conversation with us, if at all. Uh, let us know this week. Uh, God. Which Shit, Stephen King here. story would you like to see brought to life starring Stephen King? Ooh. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I, I vote Dreamcatcher. Oh, oh. We're going to give a lot of uh, reading material to our listeners this week. You have to read his entire body of work before you get to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> Anything less will not do. Do you want do you want to talk about trapcop.com or I I mean, you know what to say, don't you? Uh, I don't want to talk about trapcop.com. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it for today. Yeah. I'm your host, Ben. <laughs> Michael. And Skyler. <laughs> that was weird. Let's not do that ever again. <laughs> I, I am not going to take over as host ever. Because <laughs> that, was, that was wrong. I think we should have a, a, a day where we try it, though. Where we try it where yeah. I'm not the host. That means I'd Ooh. have to run the soundboard. Yeah, exactly. I don't Ooh. fucking really do much here. Well, it's, you set the line and then you don't touch anything. Yeah. That's literally how, hey, you want to know the secret to sound editing, gang? Figure out your levels and then don't touch anything. Yeah. That's that's what the number one thing they teach you in AV. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, this, that little factoid away. Creep show. Ooh, enjoy your Ooh. Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. Ooh. 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 Ooh.
<laughs> Bedelia, you bitch! I want my cake. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This is our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on your diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody's free. Ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. 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 This is